you're listening to How I See It, hosted by Han. You guessed it, that's me. I am here to motivate and inspire you with guests from all different industries and backgrounds. So get ready for personal stories of success, of growth, full of highs and lows, and of course, unapologetic realness. This is How I See It. You guys, I have Rachel Granger on the podcast. Um, I'm going to read your little bio because I want people to know what a badass you are. So Rachel is an accomplished publicist and public relations expert with years of demonstrated experience in the public relations, communications, fashion, all of it industries. She just launched her first PR company, which is all her own. And it's called Blue Jeans Public Relations, which is, I want you to like get into your personal story. So I won't share too much about it, but I love that Blue Jeans Public Relations has become this, I don't know, movement to turn PR more honest and wholesome and like back to your roots. So I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Yeah, it really is just a testament to, I like the way you said wholesome because that's kind of how I, would describe my transition and this elevation of the company. I'm just trying to really bring a new perspective to PR in the industry and yeah. do things in a little bit different way. I'm so excited to have you. I want you to get into like why you named it Blue Jeans Public okay, Relations yeah. too. I, mean, I didn't want to steal the thunder from you, okay. but I was reading the stuff about like your grandparents and I think it's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So I'll kind of just go from the beginning. So I... I'm from Northern California, semi-small town. If I call it a small town, I'm probably going to get roasted if, like, people don't know what <laughs> But it is. People don't know about where I'm from unless you, like, are from the Central Valley. So I'm from there, but my family, like, origins and roots are from Indiana um, and Texas. So it's really cool because my grandparents, my Grammy and Papa, actually, like, their ancestors, their moms and dads and grandparents built Bloomington, Indiana with parts of their literal bare hands. Like, if you go wow. – the town theater, which is in the middle of the town. My great great grandparents' names, I think, are like engraved on the theater seats. So I just have a lot of family history in the Midwest, in the South. And um, growing up, I didn't think that was cool at all. I really strayed away from my roots and I was fully like, I'm a California girl. Um, I don't surf. Yeah. And people who are like, oh, you're from California. Where do you, you must surf all the time or snowboard? I'm like, no, I live in the literal like cow and almond farm. <laughs> I really strayed away from like those roots growing up. And yeah, I would go to my aunt and uncle's farm in Texas every summer. And um, they had, you know, 60 acres of cows and horses and chicken coops and the whole thing. And wow. I did not think that was cool. I really thought that I was embarrassing. I was like an embarrassing horse girl. And I shied away from that. And it wasn't until I think college and graduating from college that I honed into those roots and I really started to become proud of them and resonated with them for the first time um so all this do you think do you think that was a result of like moving to LA like were you in LA yet I wasn't in LA yet but I do think that that was a big part because I had grown up in California I never really fit in in the town I was at I always wanted to do something with fashion I would always be like Growing up, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I'd always be drawing dresses and designs and whatnot. And then when I got to high school and middle school and developed a little bit more into my personality, I knew that I really liked talking with people. I was involved in everything, every club, every sport. And so I wanted to combine both of those. I went to Cal Poly Slow and did journalism um, as a major. And then your concentration is like you can either do broadcast or PR. So I chose PR. I really learned 
the nitty gritty of um, digital traditional media and how that side of things work. Before you continue, can you break down like just for dummies what PR is? Like what's the difference between like a marketing company or influencer relations? Just so people understand because I feel like there are significant differences and it's hard to kind of articulate. Yeah, no, I actually, I feel like I'm in the TikTok where it's like, oh, I love this question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, okay, so people come to me and they're like, I want PR. And then we have a conversation about it, and I'm, and then at the end, I'm like, okay, you actually don't want PR. You want a marketing and sales team. That is not what I do. So <laughs> PR is, let's say that you launch a brand. You yourself would be able to have press um, that is your founder press and then press about your brand. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyone who wants PR, it's really just having your representation in the media and having a more like widespread story told about you, it all goes back to storytelling. Um, okay. I think when I explain PR to people, I'm like, it's not ads, it's not advertorial advertisements about you and, and sales pitches. It's really about who you are at your core, why you started your brand, and why the media should care about that. So it's so cool. fully like I myself write pitches. So a lot of it is that incorporated journalism where I'm writing a story about you and let's say your brand, and then I'm pitching that to the media and then they'll do the same should they choose to interview you. Whereas marketing and sales is how can you appeal to the consumer? How can you appeal to the community on TikTok, on Instagram, on social media, on Facebook, through ads, through billboards, whatever it may be. While press can drive sales, it's completely different. And I always like to make that distinction. The timelines are also so different too. Like press, you can pay pay for press, but I choose to be like completely organic with all of my efforts and articles. So again, it's it's so different than marketing and sales. I think influencer marketing can tie into press. We see that Mm -hmm. in all of like different influencer campaigns. Like for example, Emma Chamberlain launched her coffee brand and you'll see maybe a variety article come out about Chamberlain Coffee and um, what she's doing with her brand. So it's it's really like, it's kind of all culminating together into something bigger, but it's still separate from sales and marketing, if that makes gotcha. sense. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. I think it's so cool too, because it's almost like authentic, like yeah. selling. It's like getting to know, like meet the founder type articles mm-hmm. or like getting to know like when your favorite creator is actually creating a product or something and like the message and story behind it, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I would say that that was my favorite part about college too. Because still, again, I was from a smaller town, I was uncomfortable with like where I came from. And I don't want to say uncomfortable because I loved my family. And my family is such a big part to me. But I felt like if I wanted to be in fashion, my image had to be a certain look, I had totally. to be a certain way my background couldn't be Oh, you're this girl from a random town in California your family has a farm, your other family's from Indiana, like you're nobody. And I really, I really believed that. And so college was the first time where I dealt with a lot of that. And it was really me figuring out who I was, what my story was, and finding confidence in that. And also confidence in the profession. Because I think as I took the classes, and I learned like, what PR was, what the difference between sales and marketing and PR was, and classes about like journalistic integrity, there's like the SPJ code of ethics, which it's a whole journalistic code, um, but like media law, all of these different classes really taught me that I, my values and also made me understand more of myself. And yeah, I think college to LA was a huge, huge awakening. 
That's so cool. Do you think like kind of backing up, do you think that like you were like, I don't want to say ashamed, but like embarrassed to like kind of be your like true authentic self with your roots and your background because of any reason? Like, was there like something going on that made you feel like you couldn't be your full self? Or was it just this like stereotype version of like what social media was like portraying you had to be to like be successful in LA? Yeah, I think it's rooted, honestly. And I I feel as though so many girls can relate to this. It honestly was rooted from just very, very harsh criticism growing up and bullying. And I think from the time I was in middle school, honestly, I dealt with some really, really mean people and some really, really mean girls. And that made me question who I was and if I was good enough, if what I was wearing was cool enough, if what I looked like, if I was skinny enough, if I you know, whatever it may be. So I think that that, yeah, that really, really stemmed from a lot of harsh criticism from the time I was in middle school to the time I was in high school, where I was trying to be someone that other people liked, but I didn't like. I was like, I don't like who I am, but other people like it or they don't like it. And it was this really, really confusing, confusing time. I think that's definitely what stemmed from it. I totally resonate with that part of your story. And I think we've had conversations yeah. about this. Also, like, I was trying to think about before this interview, like, how we met. I feel like me and Rachel are actually friends, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We are. But um, I don't remember how we met. Do you I, remember? Uh, yeah, I think we just met through Instagram. I think just yeah. became friends and yeah. yeah. So me and Rachel have met multiple times and I think we've had this discussion in person a few times mm-hmm. because I can really resonate with like the reason I started like how Han sees it is because I felt like I wasn't like able to be my like true authentic self. And I think a lot of that stemmed in feeling like very bullied as well in like elementary, middle and high school mm-hmm. um, and just like very insecure about the way I looked. I was always like overweight and I feel like a lot of girls in elementary and middle school are like very small because everyone's like prepubescent and I just like never was and Mm -hmm. like I just didn't feel confident. I felt like a lot of girls were very catty and mean and would say things about my appearance like no boy has ever liked me like it was just like I was I felt like very alone like throughout my entire childhood especially at school. And Mm -hmm. I remember even aside from my looks, I will never forget this girl like telling me that like I was like annoying and like too bubbly. And bossy. Yes, yes, of Mm -hmm. course. And I didn't realize till like uh, like literally the last year when I was unpacking it in therapy, like how much that comment and like a bunch of other stuff contributed to me like not honoring my true self. Yeah. No, I've been doing, I've been actually working with a mindset coach this past couple months. And I don't know if you've ever done like mindset coaching, but it's quite literally therapy on crack. And I've gone through therapy for other reasons, which you're, you already know about like my college experience with anxiety and like that also really yeah. part into who I am now. But this was for the first time in these past few months. Like I have just come to this realization that those things that happened to me when I was in middle school and high school, those comments that were made about you know, I'm annoying, or I talk too much, or I'm bossy, all of those things, comments about weight, comments about appearance, whatever it may be, like those really, really rooted in my, like, how I felt about myself, even to this day, because I don't feel those things about myself now, I don't feel that way, I think that I love that I talk a lot, I love that I can be assertive, and I don't think, I think when people call women bossy, it's like, okay, well, if I was a man, and talking like this, you would just say, I'm 
saying what I want and getting what I want. So, 100%. Yeah. So I think um, I, I have too had that realization where through therapy, mindset, coaching, whatever it is, like those things from the time you were a child really do stick with you and stay in your brain. And no, yeah, totally. I, I struggled with that in college. I think I, and I always felt like too, I don't know if you felt like this, but everyone always had that like one best friend growing up, like their ride or die. I never had that. I never had someone that I was like, oh, that is my true best friend. I had a lot of best friends. Like I filtered yeah. through friends. Yeah. Like yeah. they always like abandoned me, left me. And I think through like, and this is a total like skew from the conversation. We'll no, have to unpack so it. A lot of that is, was because of me. I felt like I was, I was just so going through so much like mental health wise, like mm-hmm. through my anxiety and depression, which I've talked about on the podcast before I was just pushing people away. I was ultra sensitive because of all this like childhood trauma aside from like the bowling and like the toxic girls in middle school and elementary and all these little comments, there was other stuff going on at home too. Overall contributing to this overall like self-worth issue, but also like this lack of confidence in like who I truly wanted to be and like who I was at my core. And it's so interesting because the moment I like started my own business and started getting help and like actually aligning like with my true self was the moment that like business started to flourish. Mm -hmm. My relationship started to flourish. People will like, and it's so sweet and it like always makes me feel so happy when other people like tell come up to me especially women saying like you're so powerful and it's the same way I feel about you as well which is why you're even on the podcast because I think that's something when you're younger that people don't know how to place and so instead of like being I don't know kind about it or questioning and curious about it they just insult you because they don't understand it that is that resonated so much with me wow that feels that was really powerful I mean I think women in general we all are just the younger like still inside the youngest version of ourselves and I recently I went home and I I heard on a podcast about like print taking a picture of you when you were young and having it in your bedroom or on your like vanity mirror whatever it is and just like a constant reminder that you're that's the little girl you're talking to like that is who you're talking to that is who you're speaking about yourself to those are who your thoughts are about and that has also changed because I I put it on my bedside table and I just look at myself like a little four-year-old every morning clutching my stuffed animal and I'm like wow that is so 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 powerful so so crazy you bring this like little girl picture thing up because whether you're like a man or woman like if you haven't done the work or worked through the childhood trauma you're gonna be stuck in that like little Mm -hmm. kid mindset because that's just like how we develop as humans and so the last few years especially when you start your own business and you could probably speak to this things start to have to expedite quickly when it comes to your mental health yeah because like you're so alone and you're so in it and like the self-doubt and insecurity and imposter syndrome starts creeping in hardcore and so if you haven't worked through some stuff it comes to the surface like fairly quickly and so like I had to work through like a lot of my like childhood trauma and like my anxiety and where that was coming from. But a huge part of my journey, like yours as well, is looks and body image and like everything that like starts to develop when you're a young girl, especially Mm -hmm. in this day and age. I've heard about like the picture thing and I always was like, oh my gosh, that's like so, it's so emotional because like I feel so sorry for that little girl and like the things I think about that person still Mm -hmm. and I was telling my friend the other day that like there's this picture I like can remember and I need to find it I've honestly like 
in the past done everything I can to delete the image because I hate it. I hate this picture of myself. I'm in like late elementary school and I'm like, have this huge like gut, like hanging out of this like halter top. But I'm like, so confident. I'm like posing with my hand up over my head. I'm not even thinking about like my gut. It's like, when do we stop thinking like that? Like when do we stop thinking that that wasn't cute or that like we weren't worth, we couldn't wear a crop top because maybe we had a little bit of a gut or maybe we were a little bit overweight. It's like, when did that happen? Because when you're five or however old, you're so fearlessly yourself and so confident. And then it's like, the world just really takes a toll on you. No, it does. And just like different experiences, different words, they just Mm -hmm. latch onto us and we hold on to them. And, um, so yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, which is so crazy. You brought that up because I need to find that picture and print it out. I know. I know. But I think like getting into your entrepreneurial story, like this is all so relevant because I think a huge part of launching your own business and like going through the motions and like doing it on your own is like really getting in tune with who you are. And so, sorry, I know we like interrupted the story so many times with different anecdotes, which I love, but like. How did you like really start getting into this PR scene? So like in college, you graduated, knew you wanted to do it. Like, did you move to LA right away? Yeah. So yeah. So going back, doing journalism, really, really liked it. Trying to figure out how to make fashion work, what that looks like as a career. And so I started working for one of our school magazines and I started doing all of their social media. And then I actually started writing for our school magazine, um, which I had a different class anyways, but I absolutely loved it. And writing has always been such an outlet for me. Um, I would literally write in my notebooks. I would write full storybooks. That was my favorite subject in school. That was what I was good at. That was what I knew was like communicating with people, building relationships. So yeah, that, um, I started working for that magazine, started doing their social media, writing for school magazines. And then from there, I knew that it was really going to be up to internships. So my biggest thing that I did and um, I talked about this in another podcast that I did and I tell all my friends but it's so funny because I was probably I think I was a sophomore in college junior maybe and I just remember sitting on my like living room floor and my kitchen floor in this little little apartment in San Francisco and googling PR agencies in LA and New York and I would cold call just whoever came up on the Google search And I would just leave voicemails and I would say, hi, my name is Rachel. I'm a journalism PR major, Cal Poly Slow. I really want to learn more about your company. And if you're offering any internships for this summer, spring, whatever it was. And honestly, more than half of those people got back to me because they were just blown away by the fact that I left a voicemail at 20 years. So cool. Whatever it was. So cool. I love that you brought this part of your story up. I remember when you told me this and we were joking about how like desperate we were in the beginning of our careers, but it's a good, it's a good desperation. And it's like a not enough people do it. And whenever people ask me like, how do you start working with brands? I say the same thing. When I first started, I sent hundreds of cold email like pitches to work with brands and a lot of them got back to me a lot didn't but a lot did the first step is just like trying and a lot of people don't realize that they can just call or like put themselves out there in that way emails are free numbers are free I think also with with the PR world it's a little bit taboo as in it's kind of secretive like unless you're in it you don't really know what goes on behind closed doors and how the ins and outs and intricate little 
pieces all come together to make things work. So for me, I actually really like that adjective. I was desperate because I want to, I always feel like I was so hungry to learn and like get past yeah. those doors and be like, what is going on in this world? But I was desperate. Honestly, I was like, this is what I want to do. I felt a calling towards it. I knew that I would be good at it. I, that's another thing. I just, I knew I would be good at it. I was like, I can talk to people. I can write well. I love fashion. I love trends. That's all I do all day is like scroll through Pinterest and look at different yeah. trends. I am desperate to learn. So yeah, I, and that ended up landing me an internship um, in Arizona where I worked and stayed for a summer during COVID. And then that ended up at another internship, which was actually full time my full senior year where I worked at this agency in Los Angeles. And I will never say, I can never say enough amazing things. Their, their name is Bellare and, um, love them. Yeah. Love working with them. And I like, there's a guy there that works and I really consider him. I considered him as like my first mentor in the industry just because he was so kind and helpful and informative and thoughtful he is the most like he's just incredible are you talking about Zach yes yes I knew it (laughs) I'm like I've never even met him but we talk in emails and he just gives cool guy energy (laughs) and I just remember thinking like this is what I want this is what I meant to do in life I'm just so grateful to them because if it wasn't for that experience I probably wouldn't be here they taught me so much about editorial digital worlds like prints all of it and how how to how to talk to editors how to make those relationships and and again when I was at that internship I we had like an employee um blog of everyone who worked there and I think I was one of the only interns who reached out to everyone because they have offices in different places so I reached out to like the New York team the LA team who was some I had never even talked to before they didn't know who I was and I was just like hi um I'm I'm an intern at Laura and I would love to talk with you about your experience, how you got started. And I think I talked with every single employee there and it was just 15 minutes. Like that is the one piece of advice I would give to anyone who wants to get into this industry is ask for 15 minutes. Yeah. I think not enough people do it. It takes like effort and work to get your foot in the door. It's not going to happen naturally. And like, there's a beauty to like reaching out and making connections, not just to learn, but also so you start building community where you can provide favors and they can provide favors back. And I think now you're probably really thankful that you went out of your way to talk to so many different people in the industry, because I'm sure it's come back around and like, you're now well known in this community because of the effort and energy you put in, in the beginning you cannot get enough education advice in whatever you're doing. And there needs to be like a shamelessness to like reaching out to whoever to get as much as you can so that you can do a good job, especially if you want to be successful. I feel like that's what separates people from the people that actually like go on to like do the most, be successful, start their own companies, live up to their potential. And the people who kind of just stay stagnant is like this lack of like, going the extra mile and putting in the due diligence work in the beginning that it takes to create connections. Mm -hmm. I also think a big thing too is, is for me, I, I use the term cold negotiations because I think that that's what the industry has become fraught with in a lot of ways. And when I say, I know I say industry a lot, but I I need to think of a better way to describe it, but I'm really talking about like the PR world, the world, like the creator economy, all of that. And I think cold negotiations between a manager and an influencer or between a manager and a brand, not so much manager between influencer, between a manager and a brand or between a publisher and an editor. Like there is so much, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? Like exchanges. Whereas I really try to break that barrier and make it like, 
I see you as a human. What are you interested in? And like, how can I make your life easier? How can I make your job easier? And how can we forge a relationship that's like personal and not cold? Because I think cold negotiations are so like, it's just so, it's become so normalized. Like, can I gift this influencer this? Okay, here's the amount we're going to pay. Or can you feature this product? Okay, it's going to be $2,000. Okay, here's that. Here's the write-up. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, yeah. we've lost human connection. And I, I do think, like, COVID was a big part of that because we became so online and everyone realized, especially in this world, that you can do it all online. But I, that's yeah. where I've really tried to break that that stigma. Um, and I think that that's made all the difference too, because I don't ask, I don't talk to people to see like what I can get from them. I talk to them Mm -hmm. to get to know their pool of wisdom that they have and their experience. And if we work together at some point, amazing. If not, like I will reflect fondly on our conversations and just be grateful to have had the chance to make that connection. So yeah, I think like Mm -hmm. 15 minutes, it just goes back to can you get like just ask someone for 15 minutes our industry in particular again mm-hmm. industry as in social media pr yeah. influencing all of it it gets like very transactional and it's kind of sad because like our job is like based in like bringing humans together human connection the reason why influencers exist is because of this wanting and yearning for human connection and so it's sad that people have lost that at the forefront of like their mission when you do exercise that unfortunately it is a breath of fresh air and I think you're remembered you stand out and I always say if I can do something for someone like I will not only do I treasure and value human connection I just know that it's like from a and I hate to be like this but from a business standpoint it's very smart to like be there for people and like make those connections because you're going to like be able to go back to that person and they're going to remember you for Mm -hmm. like going after them in an authentic way. And at the end of the day, we are all just humans. We are, we're not also again, this industry, social media, whatever it is, like we're not curing global warming or like doing the most (laughs) (laughs) novel things to make the world a better place. Like our job is to, create content, create stories that are meaningful and whatnot. And it's just, it's not that serious. At the end of the day, it's not that serious. And yeah, you have to treat people like you're just a human recording videos of yourself and editing them. I'm just a human writing about different clients, doing different events and whatnot, and trying to make that happen. Like, I think people forget that we're all capable of mistakes. We're capable of greatness, but like, we literally are just human doing our best we can and like we're not robots we're not perfect it's not this calculated software where you know there's other jobs where you can input something and you know exactly how it's going to turn out you know exactly the outcome that's not how it works for us so I think just giving grace and that kindness and all of that that's that that all ties into blue jeans (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say so like when you left Bolare is that how you say it Bolare yes yeah so I Unfortunately, like with COVID and everything, um, just didn't work out with them. But when I, I graduated college and I knew that I wanted to, you know, keep working in this industry. And so I moved to LA. I knew it was either going to be New York or LA. I'm not a New York girly, very LA yeah. girly. Um, and I had never really like been to LA. I, my parents didn't really go a lot growing up. Again, we spent most of our time with our family elsewhere. So it really came in blind. And I remember my best friend, 
um, was living downtown. She had moved during COVID. We met in college. Malia, who you know. Yeah, love her. Love her, yes. So she has, was just honestly the biggest help. I stayed with her and my other friend, Taylor, who I met at an internship. And um, I toured all these different apartments. And I had no idea where I was in no bearings of the city. Ended up in West Hollywood, of course, and started working at other agencies. So moved to L.A., was working at other agencies, and I knew, like, from the moment I moved to L.A. that this was going to be my home for a very long time. I had never felt accepted. I had never felt more calm in a place, and this place is not a very calming city. I was just going to say that. I feel like that's, like, definitely, like, an aligned within thing. Yeah, I just absolutely – I just knew from the moment I moved here. Everyone thought – my family thought I was crazy. My – family in Texas was like we need to buy you longer shorts what are you wearing (laughs) so um I I just loved it and I knew I wanted to make it work so it wasn't that LA didn't feel like home it was that the jobs and the places where I was at just didn't feel like home and so that became my goal so for the past three years or however long I've been in LA now I've just been really searching for a place that I felt like I could grow at I aligned with whose clients and whose employees values were also mine and I I never I just really didn't find it it was I've worked with some amazing women I've worked with some amazing men some amazing people all together and I'm so grateful for those experiences but agency wise there was just never a great fit and there was there's also like I said goes back to that like PR is a little bit taboo it's a little mysterious you don't really know behind closed doors every agency has such a different way of working and doing things and there was never practices that I really came home and felt like good about if that makes sense yeah I wanted to feel like at the end of the day even though I'm not you know curing world hunger and making world peace I wanted to feel good about what I was doing in my heart and I really struggled with that that there were a lot of times where I was like okay I I I'm gonna quit this and I'm gonna go to law school I'm gonna quit this and I'm gonna move <laughs> somewhere else I, I don't know I always wanted to be a lawyer I did mock trial in high school it's another story but I wanted to be a lawyer too yes like, I, I was is only that? I don't know I was like because we're powerful and hurt we're- it's a hurt child powerful <laughs> woman syndrome like everyone telling us that we were like too assertive and bossy and loud and now totally want to be lawyers um yeah so there are so many times where I would just call my because I'm also alone in LA like I have no family here I have you yeah know, I didn't have anyone like other than friends as a support system and so just remember calling my mom and dad and being like just crying and, and telling them like I don't I don't know if I can do this I don't I don't feel like in my soul and and God is really um a huge part of my life which which you already know we've already had that conversation but like yeah I, I really really rely on like that path with him and and um my relationship with him and so I just didn't feel like it was my purpose and yeah, this past, this past May, I kind of just started thinking about what I wanted to do and what my next steps were. And I feel like it was this moment where everything came together from like middle school, high school, college, moving to LA. And it was just this huge realization that I loved who I was in LA. I loved who mm-hmm. I had become. I had gotten to a place where I loved that I had these Texan roots. I loved my family in the Midwest. I thought, everything about my family was so cool. I embraced all of it. And the one thing that was missing was like a career that I was extremely proud of. And like, I didn't even need to set, basically, I feel like I didn't even need to set an alarm to get up for work every day, because I would just be so excited to work. Like, I was just missing that. So 
Um, my friends are going to laugh when they listen to this because I am the alarm queen and I have the loudest alarms in like four. I, okay. Are you one of those people that sets like six in a row and then they like go off and you sleep through them? Cause that's, them. we are literally the same. We are the same no, person. So bad no. And I, I also want to stop you for a second too. And like, I don't want to backtrack. I want to move into like, no, that's, yeah. but like, I want to preface by saying that like Rachel wasn't just like sitting around looking for a job. Like you were in like a director position. At oh, yes, yes. You were in this like very high position and like you still weren't feeling fulfilled, which is why I think you started leaning towards wanting yes. to start your own like okay really quickly like you were working with like Harry Jowsey like <laughs> I, I, I always bring this up how was that like really quick intermission um Harry's really really kind he's amazing I love him he's he's so sweet and he's I know there's a lot of drama about him right now but I don't care because he's so cute <laughs> I don't even know what the I like I love Harry. I, I don't even know what the drama is. I, I feel like that's not on my free page because like my free page knows I worked with him and like I would be like Team Harry. So. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like you were giving off the impression that you were just lost and like maybe you were mentally, but like you were killing well, it. I like, job. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's an important. I was working at an agency for a year and a half. I was the head of brands and head of PR and I worked oversaw like I think 40 clients at one point and which is insane that you went from literally an internship type job to a like top position and I think that speaks volumes to like the amount of effort you put into like learning the industry and like going out of your way to have those 15 minute calls because I think that's probably how you got this position yes I do I do agree with that and I think that imposter syndrome comes in for me because it was I went from like an intern to the head of PR in like two and a half years and a lot of times I was like oh my god qualified enough like do I know enough and I really just think maybe I I don't know enough to this day I, I think I learn more about PR and my job every single day but I think if you have the passion for it and the knowledge at, to some extent and the experience like you can you don't need to have 20 years of experience to be in this a bigger position totally I think there's like I of course I think there's this false narrative too that like when you start your own business whether it's in this industry or another industry or you're trying to be like amazing at your craft I think there's like this imposter syndrome that kicks in for everyone that like I don't know enough I'm not good enough I'm not at the level where I could like do this on my own or start my own thing and the reality is that like no one ever thinks they are. Yeah. And like, you're constantly faking it till you make it. You're constantly learning different things. Like you just learn as you go. And I think the people who end up being successful are the ones that kind of jump over that hump and like kind of push that aside and realize that like, they're just going to figure it out as they go. Yeah. And which is essentially how you started Blue Jeans PR. And so this moment of like alignment where you were like, I'm not happy with my job, I need to start my own. Was there any type of doubt or were you just like, fuck it, this is, I need to do this? Oh yeah, there was definitely doubt. And I think like I didn't leave the company I was at because I wanted to start my own. Like I just left because I was like, okay, I want something different. I don't know what that is. So there was a yeah. period of time where I was kind of sitting on it and being like, okay, what do I want to do next? I was interviewing at other agencies for other, I was interviewing for like some really, really big director positions. I was interviewing actually for like the head of global PR at a huge Wow. Level. And I was so excited about that one. Um, and then I just kind of, I had some people reaching out um, who were my clients beforehand and being like, 
hey, where are you? <laughs> and yeah. I and I didn't I didn't actually reply. I didn't say anything, and, and I just kind of sat. And I it was like I, I write this on the website too of like I remember this morning distinctly where I had woken up. It was like I think it, I want to say it was like in the spring. It was cloudy, and like I just remember like I opened my curtains and I was like sitting down and, and looking at my to-do list and all the things that I had like accomplished. Like I have this planner. I was like, wow, I've, I, I've done a lot. I could do this. Like I could do this on my own. And I kind of started playing around with the idea. And then I talk about how I drove to Alfred's to get, or of course, <laughs> I don't know where I drove, but I drove somewhere to get like a matcha um, and I just as the most iconic LA girlies do. Oh, I literally wrote that too. I was like, Oh my God, how LA have I become? And I, <laughs> there's a song called cowboy in LA. And there's a lyric that says, and you work and you get up every day and you work hard for your pay, happy in a pair of jeans. And I was just immediately like, Oh my gosh, my family, my roots, everything in that moment. I felt like it was the big bang theory. <laughs> everything came together and I literally pulled over on the road because I was so taken aback by how I was feeling I was so emotional and I was like I know what I'm supposed to do and it's supposed to be blue jeans PR and I thought of the name on the spot my whole life I've been surrounded by people who are the most hard working in blue jeans and overalls like my papa and I talk about this too but like my papa for example he was a foster kid and he is the most wonderful man like he's fought in wars he's done on dear thing he's been um yeah he's just he's the kindest person and life has not been kind to him necessarily but he would never treat anyone how he's been treated which is not well but yeah so like my papa my grammy um my family in texas everyone in my life was just surrounded in blue jeans and all of these qualities that i wanted to embody and it was at that moment that i was like i can do this on my own i'm gonna start my own agency i don't know how i'm gonna do it i don't know anything it takes but i'm gonna make it happen and it was literally i had that thought and then within like a month i had had my llc i had had um my first client like because when things are aligned you just have to like full send and I think there's this level of like alignment that happens within when you like start to get on your like actual path and purpose I think it's almost this peace that like God gives us in our like heart and soul when you're on like the right track and when that happens I think it's just so easy to move things forward It Um, it was like I prayed for that moment for so long and I prayed for a sense of just like peace and I don't necessarily want to say it was all peace because there was the doubt like there was and talking to my parents who are both in education they have no idea like they tell people when they ask um like well what does Rachel do for work like she does social media it's not (laughs) mom but um yeah, so there was them being like, you know, you start your own business financially, all of this stuff, and and there, so there was a, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of like, holy shit, can I do this on my own? Am I going to be able to be successful? But I just knew if I didn't try, I would always be wondering, could I have made it? And I I knew that if I didn't start my own, I was going to be at another agency where I wasn't in complete tr- control, where I wasn't the CEO, and I would have I would have felt this way. Like had it had it not been this past. May I would have felt this way probably another May from now so yeah I think it's I think it's really powerful to step into your alignment and literally I remember like a week after I had decided I was going to do it my friend texted me um who's in New York and she's an amazing businesswoman and she was like hey I have this client um I want to they want PR like are you taking I know you were talking about like you know you can take on new clients or whatever 
was like, let's do it. So it all, when you talk about that, that resonates so much with me because I really, when you find your purpose and when you're doing something that you're meant to be doing, like everything will fall into place. I was so worried about telling people too. Like I was worried about telling editors or telling friends that like, or telling, you know, like people like you, creators who I work with a lot that I was doing my own thing and that they were going to think it was you know, maybe stupid or I was going to fail. And I'm sure there's plenty of people no. on my downfall, but everyone was like, it was such a resounding, yes, you should do this. I've always thought you could do this. And I, yeah. was, that just meant the world to me. So I love that you pointed out the difference between like feeling in alignment, but also feeling like anxious and in doubt. I think it's like very human and normal to like mm-hmm. feel anxious and like imposter syndrome and like doubtful but I think like with those feelings there's still like an inner like alignment and peace and the two can like be happening at the same time it's just a matter of like silencing the negative one and like going after where you feel aligned and I think that's what you did it's what I've done um and now you have like clients already you just launched blue jeans PR this year like less than six months ago right yeah I think it was like May 15th I got my LLC yeah and you have Paige Lorenz and Dairy Boy which is absolutely insane she's huge big love her like love her content love the brand you have that tennis brand as well what's that brand called again love, love the skirt. Tennis Co. sweetest brand restaurant opening in um like La Cienega and Melrose which would be amazing wow. and then I have another um actually have a hot sauce brand which I'm really excited about I'm so proud of you congratulations yeah. Thank you. And it's and that's amazing. That's another thing too, is like I want to make it very clear that my business plan and my business model will never be one that has forty like will never be one that's big. I want to yeah. be very exclusive, very boutique. I don't want to have 20, 50 employees. I as a CEO want to be involved on every single account, want to be the main contact person. And I think that's another thing that I that is so lost in LA, like with with agency yeah. industries. I don't even think most CEOs are on calls, honestly. So that, yeah. that was really, really important to me too. Like if you're signing with blue jeans, you're signing with me and I will be on everything. So I, I never, I don't want the recognition of being a huge agency. I just want the recognition of being like a different kind of agency. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think that with that mentality, you probably will end up being big and have to compromise that a little sure. because you're certain I just know you and I know your work ethic and um like I'm really really excited about all of this I think it's so so cool and I think your story is just very inspiring for a lot of reasons not just because of the way you hustled but because of the beliefs and just like inner drive you have to like carry out what you believe to be the purpose of what you do which is like so beautiful and it's something that I think the industry lacks a lot in mine as well which is why Mm -hmm. it's so important to me yeah I, I absolutely love it. I think too, even, and that's another thing, like I have so many quote unquote, you know, influencer connections that I've worked with who have just become friends like yourself and like so many others. And I think it, it just kindness and how like people will forget what you said, what you did, but like, they're never going to forget how you made them feel. So at the end of yeah. the day, like that's what you have to focus on and you never know who's watching, who's listening to what you say. You have, it's yeah. just, you just have to be so conscious of it every day. I love that. What would you say are like 
the three things like logistically that like you need to get in line before you can like launch your own business like what were the things you had to do and what are some other things maybe like that aren't so logistical more like emotional and mental that you had to get together before you like launched your own business okay yeah I think my I think logistically the top three things are your vision number one your mission number two and your scope of work number three. And I'm going to add in a fourth because I think it's important. You need your value. And how do you value as a brand? So basically think of like three circles, like this circle, this circle, this circle, and then you have them all like intertwining. So the first circle, like how to give value, you have to provide education, you have to provide entertainment, and you have to empower. And all of that together provides value. So I think like, one, knowing what your mission is, or value, whichever one I said first, and then mission and then your scope of work, and then your value. How are you going to educate people? How do you provide entertainment? I I think is like, it doesn't have to be entertainment per se of like content, but how do you draw people in to want to know who you are and what your vision, your mission, and your scope of work is? And then how do you empower people? And all of that together is how you're going to give value as a brand. And I think you have to be so clear on those things before you start. I totally agree 100%, especially in like what I do too as a creator. Like, there's so many creators now. There's so many PR brands. Like, what's going to set you apart? Yeah. And once you establish those things, you need to continue to seed it throughout everything you do. Like, unapologetic fashion and lifestyle. Like, showing up authentically and unapologetically as my own self. Like, it's something that people know me by. Like, that word unapologetic because I've seeded it throughout everything. Yeah. Like. You have to be strategic on like how you actually are going to seed the mission and the values and the entertainment through the way you present content, through the way you're talking to clients, um, everything you do. So I love that you brought that up. Yes, I think it's a bit like value and those things tie into it so much, but like you have to be so clear on those things logistically before you can start your business. And there's so many checklists. Like if you look up branding checklists or how to start my own business checklist, there's so many on Pinterest that I used, honestly, because I knew that those things were important. But I was also like, okay, what else do I need to have to make sure I'm all good? So there's so many resources at at the tip of your fingers. And Pinterest is, I love it so much. But I would recommend looking on there as well. And then for emotionally and mentally, Number one for me is definitely my relationship with God and my religion, which is Christianity. We talk a lot about faith and like being aligned in that way. Um, I think it bonded us at first, like the way we see religion and like the way we practice our religion too and incorporate it into our life because it is at the forefront, but maybe not in the way people expect. So how would you describe it? I, so the, the mere definition of Christianity and like what the religion is at its core is your personal relationship with God nowhere like I took a religions class in college and learned like all of this and I was so fascinated by it because I already was Christian and I already like had my pretty strong belief system but I learned so much more about like the true definitions and all of this stuff like nowhere does it say like your personal relationship with the church your personal relationship with a youth group your personal relationship of praying and journaling however many times a day and worshiping all this stuff like it is literally your personal relationship with God how you choose to have that relationship with him is your choice people have these like unfortunate like pictures of like how religion needs to look and like the thing I've really grown into as I've gotten older and the like way my faith has become more my own is I realized that like my relationship with like God 
or I have friends who call it the universe or whatever you want to call it is like individual to me mm-hmm. and like what it means to me. And I have other friends who express their like Christianity and spirituality different, mm-hmm. but like it is very personal. And I think that like, I love that we've had so many conversations yeah. about like weird churches we've gone to and weird youth groups or like being judged for posting online. It's yeah. just so interesting how the idea has become so colluded with all this different stuff or corrupted with all these different ideas that aren't necessarily true because at the basis, it is just like your personal relationship with faith and God and spirituality in general. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think, yeah, that's something I really, really struggled with. I grew up um, like as a Methodist Christian, which is just like a little bit more traditional and whatnot. And it was very, I hated it. It was so, I thought it was so boring. I thought going to church every Sunday and youth group was so boring and I didn't feel like there was any individuality, nothing unique to my relationship with religion. And it wasn't until my mom had breast cancer and then I went through like a transitional phase in college. I dealt with a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental health issues. And that's kind of when I really figured out my my opinion and my like take on religion and yeah I went to a church and I'll never forget um my friend brought me she knew I was having a hard time I was home she was like a girl that I I played sports with growing up and she brought me to this young adult group and I'll never forget the sermon was titled thirst traps and I was just so blown away that that is what religion could look like and that is what church could be and I think from that point on like I I started listening to Spotify podcasts of like Stephen Furtick, Chad Beach, um, Church, yeah. all of them. And I just really had such a new vision and a new take on Christianity. Just so special to have friends and people in your life who share the faith um, in a similar way to you. I, I like to say like in a progressive Christian manner. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. We call it progressive Christianity. I literally am like, it's progress. It's so progressive. I love this about you. And it's something that we really bond on is that like a lot of what we do as entrepreneurs is based in this like inner peace and faith and knowing that um you're just on the right track and that like surrendering to the overall plan is a part of that yeah and knowing too like that alignment and that I think that ties into us saying you know when you're in your alignment you're you may still have those anxieties or doubts but it was really like my faith that calmed me and I just prayed about it so much and I still do like I still have fears and doubts and it's scary when you're on your own but I, I really do feel like I'm in the right place. And I, and I know that God, you know, wouldn't place this opportunity into my life if he didn't want me to learn something from it, or if it wasn't going to be beneficial somehow. So yeah, I think I love that we both share that ideal and that we can be like good examples of like, not crazy. (laughs) I know. I love that I can talk about like being aligned in my faith and also say fuck in the same podcast. (laughs) No, exactly. And that's, and then, yeah, that's, yeah, I love that. I love that for us. That's progressive Christianity people. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. This has been the most amazing all over the place conversation. I'm so excited to see what else you do with blue jeans. It's going to be iconic. And when I start my own brand, I will be calling you. Of course. So before we end the last question, I always ask people, and I feel like you just answered it kind of, but I'll ask it anyway. Looking back at the journey you've had so far, I know we're both in our twenties, so there's a lot of journey left. But like, what would you say? Like, how do you see it? Like, how do you see the journey you've been through so far? I would say I see it as very divine. I see it all coming together. I see it all meant to be every battle, every uphill, every downhill. 
um, I feel like I'm going to start singing The Climb by Miley Cyrus. But oh my gosh, it would so be on brand with Blue Jeans PR. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like it's all very divine. That's how I see it. Everything that has happened thus far in my life and everything that will continue to happen, I just know is divine, divine timing. And yeah, I love that. I love that you brought that up too. I think that it's really easy to like look at what you're going through or like the difficulty you're mm-hmm. facing, or maybe there's a pillar of your life that you don't have together. Um, I think it's really easy to just be like, well, fuck, this sucks. And in reality, I'm trying my best and I'm really working on this because I have a really hard time like surrendering when I don't know like what's happening or when it feels like things aren't aligned like they usually are. I'm trying to like really look at those like unsettled pillars and be like, that's exciting. Like, that's cool. Like, this is like another thing that's like moving for me. And like, I'm just going to continue to follow my line, my, my mission. As long as I'm doing that, everything's going to fall into place. Obviously easier said than done, but I love that you said that because having faith that everything is happening for you and not against you and divinely is what gets you through life in general, but the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Yeah. And my, my friend, um, Lex, uh, she recently told me too, she was like, you know, I think instead of focusing on everything that's going wrong, we really need to switch that narrative and focus on everything that's going right. Like, even if the only thing you did today was take 10 deep breaths and go on a walk outside, like that's something that you did right. So I've been trying to keep a journal of that too, like all the things going right, whether than focusing what's going wrong. And I think that that is also, has also been really beneficial. So Yes, we yeah, love I love, that. we love Divine, and this podcast is Divine. I had so much fun. I loved this podcast. Thank you so much again. Please drop your socials and um, the PR company socials as well. Oh, say it? Yeah, drop them. <laughs> okay, shameless. Shameless? Yeah. Self-plug. Shamelessly. Shameless. Unapologetically. Okay. Unapologetically drop your socials. Okay. So my Instagram is Rach Grange. Um, I'm trying to change it to Rachel Granger. The username is taken, but Rach Grange. <laughs> I, I actually offered her, I reached out to her and I was like, hey, what would it cost to take the username? And she didn't reply. And Blue Jeans Public Relations, all spelled out. And then my email, if anyone ever has any questions, concerns, if you don't like me, if you like me, send me love letter hate letter whatever I'll take it all into consideration um Rachel at blue jeans public relations.com perfect I'm gonna put everything in the description too so if you guys want to hit her up for any PR need you may have or for a love letter or hate letter or for 15 minutes yes or for 15 minutes she's that's really kind of you so everyone take advantage you're gonna have like so many emails like 15 minutes please but thank you so much Rachel I appreciate it this was such a good episode This was so fun. I'm glad we did it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you leave here feeling motivated and inspired. Do not forget to rate and review the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to follow How I See It Pod so you can keep up with podcast updates and see who's coming on next. And if you're not already, come join the fam and follow at How Hand Sees It. Thank you guys.